Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. Luca Nation, episode 611 of Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. Hello, Luca Nation, Tigers, and Bronze. Wow. I like when he does that. Why'd you go back to Jeff Wilson? That was nice. I, this is the equivalent of being stuck between a rock and a hard place. So if you guys know, there was a million announcements today from the sports world and from the collectibles world and from Gary Vee and V friends and fanatics and zero cool and all that stuff. But cage is hungry. And he's like, yo, yeah. I'm trying to go eat dinner with the family. So this is really awkward. Cause this is one of those episodes that could go on for like an hour, but the hungrier the bear gets, the more. That's all right. You do your thing, man. You do your thing. You're right. It's 611. It's not 911. It's not a hobby emergency. It's not 311. It's not total information. It's 611. You dial 611 on certain phone providers. You know, they give you information. They give you your balance. You know, on Verizon, they tell you what your phone balance is, what your bill is, and that kind of stuff. So 611 is an important episode. I got you, man. I don't want to shortchange you. So what do you want to talk about first? Let me guess. You want to talk about... Um, let's see. You know what? I can't. There was no signings today in football. There were no trades. You want to talk about all the movement in the MLB? There no. was none. There was all none. Right. Well, They're at a standstill, is what I saw. They're at a standstill. Pretty much. Pretty much. That's why I thought of that because that's the only area of sports where there was no news, even though I'm hoping for actual news. But I think, yeah, what would you like to talk about? I think about? when you start losing real dollars is when people start moving. Right now, they're not losing real dollars. Preseason games are actually probably an expense to these owners. You know what's pretty messed up? Yes, to the owners it is, but you know, there are people who are losing stuff. The people in the stadiums, people who are at spring training, spring training stadiums, spring trainiums. I just made up a word there. You know, the concession people, you name it, those people are not getting paid. That would be a cool you know, card release, by the way. Fanatics, I know you guys listen. Spring Tranium and spring Frism. So Frism. Frism. Frism is definitely my idea. No one better do Frism without If you guys go like back and listen to our, our first episode with Josh Luber, I think Cage – have a fun drinking game. We listen to it, and every time Cage says Frism, drink. Yes, you will be drunk. You will definitely be drunk. But, you know, you don't get Josh Luber on that often, do you? To pitch your idea about, of Frism. I want to talk about Zero Cool uh, card release and why specifically it always bothers a loud subset of people. So here's how I break it down. Anytime there's a new release, forget that this is Gary or V Friends cards, there's always 10% of you know his biggest fans that are they're going to buy anything, right? There's this like middle of 50 that, eh, I don't know. I'm a little skeptical, but I see the upside. But then there's, there's this like, very loud minority that's like trash or this is stupid or cash grab. And I'm curious why people have that perception, even if time and time and time and time again, the person that's releasing this product has proven to make people money and create something really special, regardless of your subjective opinion of the art. So I'm, I'm curious, like you've been through collecting cycles, like you've seen how, you know, you were in the 90s where there was new brands popping up, new cards being released. Was it met with the same type of kind of breakdown of some people loved it, some people neutral, and some people hate it? Always. I would say more more negative. But that's what you get, you know, when, whenever there's a new entrant into something and the old guard does not like it and doesn't like the change in how they do things. Um, you know, you got to remember, there's a lot of money in this. A lot of people making a lot of money and the people who are making the most money are obviously happy with the status quo. You know, they're happy with the way it is. The people who are getting allocations, they're making their money. You know, the people who are selling the most stuff, they're making their money. The people who are breaking the most are making their money. When, when somebody comes in and is, I don't want to use the word, you know, improperly, but I think it fits here. And somebody is a disruptor, you know, the people who are doing fine and don't want anything disrupted are usually the ones who are the loudest speaking out against that disruption, right? Um, Let's say you, you own know, Jordan cards or Jordan inserts. You know, you're high, yeah. you, you, you have a million-dollar, million-plus collection. Yeah. What does a non-sports card release with Fanatics, how does that affect your collection? That's actually good. It, I don't think it does, and I don't think those are the people who are going to be coming out and, you know, <laughs> crapping on it. I think, you know, it'll be, well, maybe they are. I mean, you know what the thing is? It, it takes a little while for dust to settle on, on stuff like this, right? I go back to the same thing all the time. I was there 
when PSA was starting out and was trying to break its way into mainstream. I was at big card shows where people were like, I'm never going to get my card graded. That's stupid. Like, I know what my card's grade is. I know if it's mint or near mint. I, why do I need somebody else to tell me? I've been doing this longer than anybody they have at that company. You know? And obviously that is not the way things are now. Um, you know, and that's the, the difference between a hobby and a business. Right? People then were like, oh, why do I need somebody to tell me what the card is? But, you know, when PSA came out, then you had the internet and you had eBay, and you had a wide range of selling these things across the world, and something like grading, providing that you know third-party authentication and grade of the card, where you didn't have the subjective. Well, I'm a dealer. I'm telling you, this card's near mint. You know, you had that. That was something that was necessary to you know bring you know bring the hobby, bring the business, you know, forward. Um, that's my first example because it's always uh, astounding, you know, that people were so against it, right? And you think about it now and it's like, you know, it's a necessary part of, of what we do. Card grading. Can you imagine, you know, the hobby without, you know, some authentication grading, you know, companies? No. Um, Can we you know, stay on I, Yeah, shoot. We always talk about growing the pie. Let me throw, float a theory out. So some people see it and it's like any entrepreneur can go and create a non-sports brand card and release it to the public yeah what if that's actually a good thing what if like psa you said you know now it's the standard what if that is the standard and we're bringing in people who have would have never bought into sports cards we're bringing them in through the side door to the hobby and maybe they discover baseball maybe they discover football or basketball from buying a non-sports card well keep in mind there's two ways to do this you can grow the pie and let's say the pie is tomato sauce, mozzarella cheese on top of dough, maybe some seasonings, right? And that's what we got. That's the pie. You grow that pie big and you feed more and more people. But if you're a pizzeria, maybe you find that enough people have come in and expressed an interest in, dare I say, Sausage pineapple. on their pie. I don't want to go to pineapple. It's going to just start a whole thing. But yeah, I pineapple. If, if pineapple on pizza is weird. Whoever does that. Pineapple. Some people do it. Some people eat pineapple. But maybe people like you know chicken on their pie. Maybe people like buffalo chicken. Maybe people like a little mushroom. Some people put salad on their pie. I don't know. But the thing is, <laughs> if you can, I'm telling you, man, this salad pizza. I don't know. What do you want from me? But so, so, so you have... Yeah, look some it people, up. Man. Some people just take the cheese off the pizza and call it pizza. Listen, I guarantee you, there's there's herbal pizza with like you know your crazy kind of mushrooms on it. If you want, I'm sure you can eat pizza with your funky fungi on there, right? But but here's the thing, right? I've been with the business and I haven't had any time. It's very true. Fungi. It's true. I can tell you're upset. You have not been a fungi. So 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 no, but but maybe we should be looking at this oh as you know. Maybe these are smaller pizza shops, craft beers. Is that a good way? I don't want to take too many analogies here, right? But you have you have you know Budweisers out there doing their thing and they're producing enough beer for everybody. But you know what? There there are people who want a higher alcoholic beer. I mean, think of what think of what um, Carvin did with his release. Small, awesome, you know, filling you know a a, a specific niche uh, niche space, right? Where where you know, people like that, and it's non-sport. Um, and I, I think, you know, this brand, if it's going to be a bunch of non-sport, it's going to be, you know, let's talk about, obviously, the Gary V release they're doing. Um, why the hell not? There's obviously a market for it. Think about it. Think of how many people have started, well, start with Marvel. That's non-sport. You know, think of what, what, what cards have been selling for with Marvel properties, right? Then, then expand it out even further into pop culture. Think about, like, Jimi Hendrix cards, Right. Think about we, we, you know, we've talked about it. Right. You know, president's cards, you know, the Ogden series. Right. Think about pop culture. Think about like how much Jay-Z Chrome cards have sold for. So obviously there's a market for it. But the, the stuff that's available, stuff that's out there, we're just like afterthought type of things, stuff thrown in a set. Right. When I when we do President's Day, it was hard for me to go and find cards. I was finding cards of Derek Jeter that happen to have George Bush in the background or, you know, I mean, that. Why not have a set of the presidents? You know, I mean, a legitimate one. And there are ones out there. There are other ones out there. But, you know, if there's a market for it, why the hell not?
I, I, I'm with it. So we're at 10 minutes. So, guys, to, uh, Thursday, we're going to have Josh Luber on. We'll do a post. If you have questions, topics, ideas, you know. About Thursday? This. Tomorrow? Wednesday? When are we? We're going to have him on Thursday. Okay. We're, I, okay. we're recording it late tomorrow night, release Thursday. So okay, cool. Um, so Thursday night, Thursday, 7 p.m., we'll release it. So it's a soft Thursday? Thursday, soft Thursday. Soft Thursday. What the fuck? So, and, guys, that's, uh, you, you could comment that's, on this. It's, it's going to be a blind duck auction. So, first off, the whole business of auction. You're having an auction for a blind duck? What did you say? So the How much blind, is a blind duck? Blind Dutch auction. Oh, that? Blind okay. Duck. Now I get it. I didn't hear my – you know, I do these I do these shows on, on their wired headphones. My phone dropped today. It's broken. My poor iPhone 8. I heard you were auctioning a blind duck. That's no So good. the way that works is let's assume whatever quantity there is. Let's say there's 100 units of something to be sold. Mm-hmm. And they receive 1,000 bids. And yep. they decided that at most someone can buy one of these items. Okay. So what they do is they take the top 100 bids out of the 1,000 submitted. And those are winners. That doesn't matter if the highest bid is 100 and the next 99 are $1. So the way a blind dash auction works, did I explain that well? Well, does the person win for a dollar or a hundred? Does everybody pay a hundred or does everybody pay a dollar? They only pay so they let's say there's a hundred products. Each person could get mm-hmm. one max. Okay. And a thousand people yeah. submitted bids. They mm-hmm. take the top hundred bids. Mm-hmm. Okay. That could be a range from the top the highest bid they received was a hundred, then ninety-five, then fifty, and then the rest of the bids are twenty-five bucks. Okay. The, the rest of the people get it for twenty-five bucks. Some people pay Does, 100. No? Correct me. Tell me. I'm reading it right off of zero cool cards backslash blind underscore Dutch underscore auction. No. I mean, unless I'm wrong, I didn't read it. So if you're reading it right off there, that's great. But I did a, a blind Dutch auction through StockX for Bowman X. I don't know. The video might still be up on my on my page. I can find it if it's not there. But it was cool, it was, you know, Bowman Chrome X did through StockX, the same kind of blind Dutch auction. But let's just say there's 100 of them, right? Um, I am pretty certain that they cut the bidding off at the top 100, and then all 100 people pay what that 100th person bid. So let's just say there's 1,000 people bidding. The top person bids $100,000. He's not paying $100,000, but he's going to pay what, the bid number 100 cutoff is if it's a thousand bucks, two thousand bucks, whatever it is. Of course, don't get too cute. You bid a hundred grand and, and and a bunch of people bid a hundred grand. You might get stuck paying a hundred thousand dollars for the thing. So so there's obviously some, you know, I don't want to call it gamesmanship there, but you know, be careful. But that's the way it worked on, on cool. stock X. That there is there's a cutoff, but you're, you're right. not paying what you bid. You pay that whatever that number one hundred bid is, that's the price, that's the clearing price. And everybody in that hundred pays that price, but everybody at one hundred and one down gets nothing. So you, the the clearing price might be a thousand dollars. You might bid nine hundred ninety eight dollars and be the hundred and first bidder, and you don't get it. You miss out by two dollars, and everybody above you gets it for two dollars more than you were ready to bid. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. You're a thousand percent right. You're a thousand percent right. So I kept reading. Fascinating. Uh, I honestly have no comment. Because I like it. By the way, in in the midst of this stuff, I was able to get that Bowman Chrome X. I bid on it. I got, I think I got a case and an extra single box. I opened one box. I got a Tatis. You know, they were like out of 99. It was a cool car. It wasn't autographed, I don't think. But, but, you know, it was pretty awesome. And, you know, they shipped it fast. You know, it came from, you know, the whole deal. Obviously, this is a different company now, but it's the same premise. And it's, it's, it's fair. And it's kind of cool because, if this is the way it's going to work going forward, that's it's an interesting, different way of doing it, and, and it is it is providing the ability for anyone who's willing to pay the ability to get it. You don't have to go through a middleman. You don't have to go through your store who's already had the price marked up by a distributor. It's just straight to consumer, farm to table, baby. FTT. Middlemen add no value or very little value. I've had that thesis for a long time. Now, Russell Wilson to What about group subbers? Yeah, we're going to be gone very soon. But while we're here, we want to add value. SGC, we're going to be doing a group group sub. 
Also included are those 50 free submissions. It's going to be a one-stop shop. Basically, think about it this way. You're going to sub cards with us. You're going to be have them back in your hands within a month. Raw, graded, sold in 30 days. Working with Luca Nation Network. Stay tuned for that. Russell said, Wilson. Yeah, go ahead. Russell Wilson. Don't, you know what? The first thing I thought of with Russell Wilson is I bought in the last – oh, Santa. <clears throat> Santa has bought – uh, and I have bought me and Santa combined have bought is a Ian lot of jerseys, right? A lot of jerseys for Ian. No, but is he, Ian you know, waiting he, to give us a dad joke. He has YouTube, you know. I mean, he watches. He watches his dad to see what he talks about. You know, he's a proud. He's a proud Luca Nation member also. So I bought him a James Harden Rockets jersey. Right. I bought him. Uh, let's see, a couple of LeBron jerseys. So that's kind of silly. What other jerseys did we buy him? I bought him a Gardner Minshew jersey. Um, yeah, that was awesome. I bought him up. I bought a bunch of jerseys and one of the few, you know, I bought him a Drew Brees jersey. I bought him a Julio Jones jersey on the Falcons. I bought him a Drew Brees jersey. He retired. Like every jersey I buy, the guy either retires or gets traded. And the one thing that we had this whole year was he could wear his Russell Wilson jersey during during school. Now he'll grow out of it eventually, which is cool. He's grown out of some of these. Zach Levine is one that he he's he's cool. That's Zach Levine jersey. I would go with that one. Um, but yeah, exactly Russ, being on the Bulls, right? Yeah, on the Bulls. I said to him today, I go, Hey, pal, another jersey. This dude plays for the same team for 10 years. You get his jersey, and boom, he gets traded. So, what do you think, Russell Wilson? What do you think, dude? I'd be a buyer. I think that team is poised to make a run, and I think we've talked about it, Cage. We think, um, the situation in Kansas City feels how do I word this? After a lot of success, there is a fallout of ego. So on top of a fallout of ego, the cap space. So I don't think that we're going to see the Chiefs team next year that we've seen the last three years. And I think it's a real opportunity for this Broncos team who finally has a great quarterback and has a lot of young talent on offense and is a tough defense. I I think the Broncos finish in first or second in that division. But I think through the first eight games – I think they could be first in that division. I'm not a buyer on the Chargers. Whew. So let me tell you what my takes are, and you guys, go we'll go to the next topic pretty quick, right? My I was going to ask you as well if you could if you could tie in buy, sell, or hold on Wilson. A hundred percent. So I'll go. I'll go further. So before this happened, I was fade the Raiders next year. They're going to lose more games than they win, and this makes it even worse because think of the division that they're in, and and they're coming off a playoff run here now, playoff well playoff appearance. Um, where they got knocked out by the team that made it to the Super Bowl, right? So um, people are like, oh, they're a playoff team. They'll get back. No. They have the toughest division in football, I believe, right? Um, there are some other good divisions, the toughest division in football. Um, and it just got tougher. I mean, they may lose every division game. They lose every single division game, right? They play each of those teams. They have to play the Chiefs twice. I'm sure they'll be underdogs of both. They'll play the Chargers twice. I'm sure they'll be underdogs of both. And now they're going to play Russell Wilson Twice. So, um, yeah, pencil them in for six losses uh, right there. And so I, I go against the Raiders. Two, I love Russell Wilson. I think it's great. I think that, you know, he's one of the it's, – it's, it's one of those things we talk about, like exits on Russell Wilson. This is like a cool point on him because there's going to be more energy now about him. There's going to be more of a lead-up about this. Oh, man, just like you said, I think that team's going to be in first place. He's going to be great. It's a nice change of scenery. But where I would go with this one step below is I don't have any. I wish I stopped up on this. I was injured last year. It's a great buying opportunity. Jerry Judy. If you don't know who this guy is, take you a look at some of his. Cage. You gave him as a I player. Did. Remember this guy. Fast little take, guy, right? He's, he's skinny um, but he, and very fast, but he's good. He's a Bama receiver. You know what I mean? And take a look at some of his film from college. He was like He was like a video game. I mean, just fast, can stop on a dime. He had an injury last year. He's really good. He's, I believe, an upgraded version of, like, C.D. Lamb. Like, that kind of good. You know what I mean? And he's clear-cut number one wide receiver. And you saw what Russell Wilson could do. You you know, he turned D.K. Metcalf, obviously a freak of nature, into an actual wide receiver. Right. You know, Lockett. Lockett wasn't, like, supposed to be so great. And, you know, he, he became a pro bowler, basically, under Russell Wilson. So... I expect huge things and layer on top of that. They have a good running game. They have a very good running game. Um, they have a good line and Russell Wilson's going to throw. 
they're going to have to throw. Because even if you think they are going to be great in that division, they're going to have to keep up with the Chiefs' offense. They're going to have to keep up with the Chargers' offense, Raiders' offense, whatever. But they're going to have to score, right? So he's going to be. You think he went there with that idea too, right? Yeah. That he's going to put up big numbers. Well, that's the that's the downside. So why I like Jerry Judy more is because they're going to have to throw. He's going to ha- he's going to have stats. I don't know what the team's going to do. I don't know what the success is going to be. I'm not calling the Super Bowl for the Broncos, right? But um, but but I think Jerry Judy's going to put up some really good numbers this year, and you know that's a huge thing for card value. Obviously, you know what they do on the field does still sort of matter. But the the best move of the day today was by Aaron Rodgers staying in 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 Green Bay, and I'm going to tell you why. Because he's staying out of the AFC. So I love Russell Wilson. I think he's got a great team. But now you can just add that. Just go through it, man. In his own division, he's got Mahomes and Herbert at eh, Derek Carr. Unless you have the Vegas Dave, it doesn't How matter. How many right? shots are you going to take at the at the Raiders? I'm, I, I just know the team. I know the team. No, I'm not, you, I'm not, you, let's say you have a little brother. And you're yeah. infinitely more talented that, that, than that little brother. Yeah. You don't have to take 45 shots at him during one episode. Dude, they're overachieved. That's okay. The, the point is, I'm not calling Carr in the same category as like all these other great quarterbacks. Agreed. So Agreed. Herbert and Mahomes, now you add Wilson. You already have Burrow. You have Lamar Jackson, a former MVP, right? I mean, you have uh, Mac Jones, Josh Allen. You know, Jones had a good year, so I'm throwing him in there. I mean, you have all these great QBs, right? And we talked about this last year. Only one of them can go to the Super Bowl. Right, only one of them can go to the Super Bowl, and um, you know it's 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 difficult, and that's just one half of the league. On the right. NFC side, you had Tom Brady go to Tampa and walk to the Super Bowl. Basically, Rogers was his only real, you know, was was only real threat over there. Wilson was there. Now he's gone. Tell me the other Stafford. NFC quarterbacks. You know, Stafford's Stafford. the best quarterback in the NFC uh, behind. That Rogers. was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have no more Brady, right? So, I mean, look what you're, look what you're talking about here now. So, Rodgers staying in the NFC was was smart, you know? Um, and what's funny is, as powerful as the AFC is, and how great they are, and at the gauntlet that it's become, the NFC team seems to find a way to beat them in the Super Bowl. Well, the Rams did, now, right? They're less Niners did. Yeah, I mean, they beat each other up, you know? But I'm just talking about it from an investment perspective, right? Like, I would much rather have my money in Rodgers betting that he makes it to the Super Bowl than any of the seven, eight, ten young quarterbacks that I just named. I'm not throwing Trevor Lawrence in there. He's not winning this year. And, you know, like, so, so you know, it, it makes it Zach Wilson. I mean, there are some guys that don't even make it into the same category of conversation, but just the AFC quarterbacks, right? So Rodgers doesn't really have that hard of a time to get there, although he didn't get there. Um you know, I, I just think it's tough. And if I'm Russell Wilson, I'm saying, all right, you know, uh, Denver, that's tough. He lost his tight end in the trade too. Fant's a good tight end. So Jerry Judy, not Jerry Judy. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, Calvin Ridley. Ridley. I've seen split. Some people are like, dude, the line in gambling is so thin. Doesn't matter, fifteen hundred bucks, fifty thousand, or a million. Guy should be banned for life, Pete Rose style. Other people are like, look, Ray Rice, two-game suspension for beating his wife. This guy, two-game suspension for beating his wife. This guy, one year for gambling using FanDuel? Are you kidding me? Thoughts? We don't have to spend a ton of time on this stuff. There's a specific rule against gambling when you sign on to play in the league, right? All the other things are... They're really uh, they're horrible, and these people shouldn't be given another chance. And you know, no one should be you know doing a lot of these things. But this betting when you are playing, right, or betting when you're on a team, betting—it's almost like insider stuff. You know what I mean? Like if you're betting, all right, you know what's going on. You know what's going on with your team, with the other team. It's just, do I think it's on the same level as uh, as domestic violence? Obviously not. Right. What, 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 why I think it has to be taken seriously, even now more so people are talking about the fact that the league is in bed with all these, um, you know, um, casinos and gambling sites now. So they should be more lenient with it. I think it goes the other way. I think the league has to be tough on it. Why? Because in, in previous time, the league didn't give a shit about betting. Now the league gets a cut of it. Now these are partners. The league is a partner with these guys. The, the integrity of the, of the product being put out there on the field 
means more now than it ever has because the league is getting paid by all of these you know gambling sites to sponsor. You cannot Sunday you can't go five minutes without a gambling commercial. For sure. Without the league right on the broadcast. You remember how, ga- how taboo gambling was in the nineties? So, I mean, it's it, it, for that reason, I think they had to make an example here. The only problem I have with what Ridley did was, dude, just shut your Twitter off. <laughs> just be quiet. It's $1,500. Okay, great. You know, I know you want just, you know, let your lawyer figure out a way to make it that your phone got stolen, you know, or that you were, you know, uh, temporarily insane. You know, or whatever it is they could come up with to make an argument to make it eight games or four. But you go out there on Twitter and say, I only bet $1,500. What the hell are you supposed to do with that? <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, I, I robbed the bank, but I only got a couple 20s. So it's not that bad. No, just shush, shush. Zip it, zip. Dude, come on. Um, the, uh, okay, I'm going to put it like this. Search Dave Chappelle. R. Kelly joke. He talks okay. about this because I don't want to. I don't want to go too far down the road, but it, it's hilarious. It talks about how you you got to give your lawyer something to work with. Yeah, you do. You this do. is the I've best fifteen year old I've ever had. He I've never seen a Chappelle kid. episode in my life. He said he got I, caught twenty times saying that on video, and then he was like, "You got to give your lawyer something to work with. You got to be do. like." This is the best 36-year-old I've ever had. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. But, no, but, but I mean, of course everyone would know that you're lying because everyone knows there's no good 36-year-old. I get it. That's I get, I understand what <laughs> you're I saying. Do, did I do it justice? I don't know. I've never watched Chappelle, but I'm sure I you did. I did okay. I'm sure you did a very good job. I, I think you did B, great. B minus. So those are, those are some NFL news. Somebody, somebody threw a rumor out there today. That the MLB is agreeing to uh, get rid of bunting. Was that just a like a lie? What, what the hell was that? I, I can't see how they would do that. It's stupid. First off, what That's is the, a bunt? It's, it's so like dumb. Ichiro, Ichiro used to slap bunt. I, 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 like, yeah, like right a drag thing. bunt. Yeah. Like, like a drag bunt for a hit. Drag the ball for a bunt. Yep. I, don't, I don't understand. I, I think it's a joke. I, mean, I think when there's negative press, it's so easy to kind of throw you know, some funny shit in there and it's believable. Yeah, I you mean, I'm hoping baseball. that's a joke. You I baseball. do. <clears throat> you want to know baseball more than any other sport? It's there for the longest. It's the longest season, and it's every day. So it's it's like us. You know? We're there for the long haul, and we're basically there every single day. You're the owner on the players. I don't know if we'll go that far. Listen, I am still amazed. I have not seen a positive spin for the owners from anyone they every news outlet every you know check mark twitter person you name it it is all the players are fighting the good fight and the owners are assholes i haven't can, seen can i can i it, tell you what i think is like, happening? i've even seen people argue about russia like russia let's cheer for russia instead of ukraine like, there are more people on russia's side than on the owner's side so I, we live in a really interesting age, and this doesn't just apply to sports, where much of what we think is narrative-driven. And you got to understand that the people that are owners, they're 80, 90-year-old rich men. They came from one media source. They came from when radio, government radio, was put into your ear, and it was one source of information. We live in an era right now where it's like um, the gladiator, win the fans, win your yeah, freedom. But- I get you. I, I know what you're saying. I don't Go think ahead. that they've adapted to modern day marketing, modern day communication. Okay. Because they used to live in, I give a quote, I give it to New York Times, they publish it, that's it, we're done. Now you have to do media and communication every minute of every day and you have to win over the twitter mob the instagram mob the facebook mob it's a new era man everything right now in my opinion is narrative driven and the fight over is not the fight like i think the fight now is over like internet real i don't like am i making sense you are 
Do you know who Liberty Media is? Are you saying that these guys own Liberty Media? No, no. Do you know who it is? I mean, Liberty mm-hmm. Media, like they own like Live Nation and Sirius XM and the Drone Racing, a part of the Drone Racing League. I think only a couple percent of the Drone Racing League. But like, you know, Formula One group, um, Liberty Media, they own the Braves. So if you're telling me that the owners are all, you know, crotchety old 80-year-olds so they don't know media, I mean, a media company owns the Braves. Now, okay. I get what you're saying. Is, is Sirius a, a player in today's day and age? No. Uh, I don't know. They still have Howard Stern, I think. But no, but I know what you're saying. What you're saying, take it one step further. Uh, when a company wants to get something done, they pay somebody with a blue check mark to tweet about it. And all of a sudden, now we're, we're, we're out there. We got, hey, this person's saying it. It's on my feed. Oh, that, this must be accurate. And then all of a sudden, it pops up all over the place. It's the same thing. I'm sure Liberty Media is not doing that. So I understand what you're saying and point taken 100%. But it is this narrative driven. These guys, they're pretty far apart. Let's not talk about baseball because we got so much other stuff to talk about. We, we got, we I will tell you, shoot. Trey Young is so far a distant fourth or fifth star from Tatum, Ja, and Luca. It couldn't be funnier. And I'm worried for people holding Trey. A good friend of mine loves Trey. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, oh, you're talking me, about Lameem? Yeah, best account in the game, bar none. But no, like I just, I've watched. I've watched a lot of the Hawks recently. I've actually watched a lot of the Pistons too. But I got to tell you, man, other than chucking up bad shots, he's – here's a few things. You know guys that play bigger than they are and guys that play smaller than they are? Like yes. you, we all have our hype. But like you, 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 there's this presence about you. If you watch Trey, he plays smaller than his height even. And he's tiny. So like when you finish at the rim, he struggles finishing at the rim. He doesn't go up at high point. He goes up at a low point. He gets the shot blocked or or deflected or misguided very often. His decision-making at the end of the games is terrible. He's a liability on defense. And here's what I watched recently. He is ineffective if the ball isn't in his hands. So we, we compared him when he came into the league like he was more Steph Curry. Look at this. Steph Curry's changed the game. And we gave Trey like the baby Steph Curry tag. I think... He's a smaller Harden. Hmm. Interesting. On the other side, and I could jump right into my play today. I actually have two plays, but I'll, I'll give one well, today. One. So you have you have Trey against Tatum. That's you. You said he's not. He's a distant behind Tatum, right? Tatum so, and right. So I mean, I'm not going to argue with that that much, but I will do Lameem James a service, right? Tatum has one more season, um, and he's been in the playoffs a lot more, but that just speaks of the team that's been built around him. Um, three All-Star games to two, you know, you got to figure Trey will be another All-Star game. That's just, you know, he has a season on him. All NBA teams, Tatum has, and um, Mr. Trey does not. But let's talk about their stats. I know you're talking about more than stats. Talk about team wins, but, all, you know, one guy can only do one thing, right? I'm, I'm, I'm actually talking about how the fact that the stats have skewed Trey higher than he should be. That's my I worry. Mean, is that if you look at Trey's stats, you think he's a very, very good player. I mean, stats are the player. They're not, man. And that's that's what I am worried about because what happens is this experiment okay, so with, with the Hawks I get eventually you. runs thin. And they say yeah, we have but, to move on from this guy like we have to move on from Harden. And his so stats be, are falling off. And so no one stats, cares about Harden. Yeah, I mean, Harden's got great stats, and all of a sudden people care about Harden again because he got put on a team that is using him in pick and rolls, and the team is 4-0 with him. After he fell off at Houston, went to the Nets, and then went to Philly, my worry is that Trey is – he's a million miles away from Curry, and he's actually closer to on the downswing of Harden in Houston. And I think he's going to lose cardboard swing? Re- Yeah, I think he's going to lose cardboard relevance. I don't know, man. I mean, I uh, listen, I'm not a huge Trey guy. You know that. Uh, when he dropped his 50-something points, I sold, you know, the Trey stuff that I had um, very publicly, you know, on Instagram and didn't get the offers I would have liked. Um, but, you know, he, I know, I know, you know, 
Tatum's a bigger guy. Um, they're both backcourt, but I mean, you know, Trey averages a lot more points per game, a lot for their career. Tatum's career averages twenty point six, and Trey's is twenty five. Tatum has him in rebounds, but for a little guy, Trey has four rebounds a game for the career, three point nine. But and my question is, you just did this. You did it in the AFC. You said, look at how, look at the quarterbacks that you have to go through. Yep. You didn't put up any of those quarterback stats, but right now yes. you're doing NBA and you're p- pulling up stats. My point no, but is, I could do that. I mean, we can compare Paige, all the young point. guys. We Trey will never get through guys. the East. That's my point, is he'll never get through the East. I don't know. Well, he might he not get through it. He might not get through it this year. I don't know how he got but, to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. I think you guys should consider yourself the and, luckiest people in the world. They're yeah, never nobody, getting back there. Right, but they nobody never, did, right? But he found a way to do it. You know, and, and that's my point. He's holding on by a thread. And my urge to people holding Trey is that thread is going to get cut very soon because he is not finding his way anywhere close to that Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, but that's just one season. You know what I mean? You're, you you say buy Russell Wilson. When was the last time he made a Super Bowl? I didn't say buy you know? Russell Wilson. Yeah, he said Russell Wilson's a buy. You did. You said didn't. I, said, buy. During, I asked during I said buy, sell, or hold. All right, we'll, 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 we'll clip it. Make sure we clip this. We're 36 minutes in. He's forgotten what he's already said. We'll get there. No, so, but, but, so your point is that Trey's stats are fool's gold. I get it. I understand what you're saying. I happen to think Tatum's stats are fool's gold. But we'll see. And and here's the thing. Today, Tatum has had a couple of really good games this, this season. If we go back, and we'll, we'll, we can find our own episodes where the Celtics weren't on a 14 out of 16 game win streak, you know, when the beginning of the season, when it didn't look like they were being able to put it together. We didn't know who was going to be where and was it Jalen Brown's team or Tatum's team and were they going to be able to figure it out? We were like, this team's a mess. I mean, you didn't love, you didn't love Tatum then. You didn't. And and maybe because you watch the games, you do love them now because maybe they figured out a way to do it. And I get it. I understand. But the thing is, what if what if next year, so before we cut the thread, right? He may he doesn't make the finals. He maybe doesn't make the playoffs this year, Trey. But he clearly could put up numbers. He clearly could put up assists. He could put up – now he's not a great defender. He's a terrible defender. But what if during the offseason they get one or two decent players on there to build around him, a great defender, a rim protector – you know, another another team that he can distribute to. I don't know. I don't know. We're, we're, we're because I think he has a good team. No, he doesn't. No, you don't think John Collins is anything worth no, sniffing? No. DeAndre it's one, one guy. No, it's Cam one guy. Reddit, you've you've Arthur, already said this, right? Capella. So now we're on Trey. It's, it's a bunch of athletic guys who are – come on. Did you just really name all those guys and say that's a real good team? They're all quality players. They're all but quality players of, around a superstar, but, a perceived but, superstar. Yeah, but look at the other teams, right? And, and we can do this just like we did. They lost football, to right? the Detroit Pistons this, in a, in a right? game that they had to win. It's one game, and the Pistons are actually up and coming, right? So, but here you go. You're right, they because the team sucks. He's good. The team sucks. And here's the no, thing, right? Or, but what happens is Cade Cunningham is 6'6, six, six, and Trey yep. is basically dead, dead in the water because Trey is 5'11, and he can't do anything. So he shoots four of 20. So in this league, Let's talk about the teams you think are going to make um, a championship run. Give me the West. Who's going to make a championship run? Give me three teams. When you say championship run, like give me three have- teams that you think could win the championship from the West. This year. I'll do it for you. Say this the year. Suns. Say the Suns. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Say the Suns. You're not a great host. This Say year or in the future? This year. Suns. We're talking about this year. You want to cut the thread on, on Trey Young. This is Suns. Okay, Suns. Booker, Chris Paul, next. Who's next? What are the other three teams? Because you're the arbiter of who can and cannot make a finals run. So give me the finals run. Give me the West teams. You watch the games, remember? I would say the Warriors, but right now the they're Warriors. very much struggling because of injuries. The Warriors, because, because they have one star who's playing and their and, other stars are injured, so they're struggling. And the Nuggets. Next. If everything clicks into place with Murray, because they Jokic. have one star and they're waiting for their other stars, Murray and Jokic. Let's talk about the uh, the East now. Bucks, the Bucks, the Bucks, and and what you Bucks need for the Bucks, are my final what you four. need, what you need for the Bucks to make it is it can't just be Giannis. 
Somebody else has to step up. Middleton has to be there. Middleton has to drop 40 in a playoff game. Drew Holiday, who you spent 20 minutes of an episode just singing his praises and telling what everyone what a great player he was, right? So so the Bucks and like the, the Sixers. So now we got the Sixers. Sure, the Sixers uh, added Harden, Embiid and Harden. The Nets, if people want to talk about the Nets, it's it's Durant, but they can only go so far with Durant. They got to have Kyrie play, or or Simmons is going to have to actually show up and play some basketball, right? So what I'm the point I'm making here is I'm not ready to cut on Trey yet because Trey is Curry waiting for Draymond or Clay to show up and play, just like you just said. Warriors can make a, pl- a finals run. But I'm sorry, everything's got to work for them. Hey, but the you know what? The Nuggets, the Nuggets can make a playoff run. They got Jokic, but they need Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. Somebody else to step up. It's the same thing. Trey but, but, is Jokic right now with nobody there helping. He's but, but Curry gotta, waiting for his gotta, guys. You got to understand this. Trey and Clay, uh, Clay and Dre don't show up. They are developed into talent. Teams need okay. to develop talent. And just stay with me. If you just stay with me. I'm with the you. issue with guys like Harden and Trey are that the talent around them can't develop. Oh, because, okay. Just stay with me, please. Kate, with let me finish. I'm with you. Go ahead. Because of the way they play. Talent can't develop for two reasons. One, because they hold the ball for the duration of a shot clock. And mm-hmm. two, they're ineffective without the ball. So what allowed Clay and Dre to develop was the fact that Curry can play on the ball and off the ball. So Dre could run so- point guard. Or, or play a pick and roll with Curry. Trey so it was can't... Harden and who else? Harden holds the ball. Who else? Harden and Trey. And Trey. Okay. So so I just I want to make sure I'm clear on this. LeBron, he, he won't let people around him develop because he doesn't make them better. I didn't Harden, bring up LeBron at all in this. I'm bringing up LeBron because okay. the point you're making is that there are people who have a style of play that don't let players around them develop and they don't make them better. You've now said LeBron, Harden. Harden, LeBron, Trey. Think of the people you're putting this person in the category of now. I the didn't say LeBron. Are, you said LeBron. I'm adding LeBron because what you Harden said Harden is was, a nobody, bro. What, no what one cares about was, Harden's cards. You can't have somebody out there who's not going to let the players around him develop. This is one of your takes, that LeBron doesn't let the players around him develop. He doesn't make them better. So guess what? Trey could be LeBron. He could be LeBron. In your world, he could be LeBron. All I'm trying to tell you is there is no number two for him. And what if next year there's a number two? Every team we mentioned has a legitimate number two or needs a number two to step up and be a legit number two for them to make a run. And if, if you're talking about... You infuriate me when it comes to basketball scouting. Right, if you're talking about... A, if you're talking about a, well, because, listen, you can watch the games and you can talk about the games, but ultimately an argument has to be made. It has to be constructed. And you're I mad didn't at talk me about because LeBron at all. you I, brought LeBron yes, into it because you are making the same argument about Harden and Trey that you made about LeBron. You said the problem with him is that he won't let the players around him develop the way that Steph let Draymond develop. You said that about LeBron. You said he doesn't I make the players around the better. Million, I said that same a million thing. years later in a different context. Same, but same thing. So, if so you he's, look a, at he's LeBron, a solo player. Needs the ball. Not always. Anyone. LeBron used to play incredibly off the ball. He used, to go, yeah. he used to go to the rim. He used to get alley-oop dunks. Now he's become a stationary guy. Where Did he play off the ball in the bubble? Huh? Did he play well off the ball in the bubble season? No, right? A lot better. Yeah, for sure, because okay. AD got Well, then they won the championship. Listen, guys, and if you own an NBA team or you're a general manager or a coach, Andrew has the secret. He has yes. the secret to winning a championship. You cannot have a player like Luka. Who has the ball in his hands too much? You cannot have a tray. You cannot have a hard. You cannot win with them. Andrew knows because he watches the game. Wait, why did you bring Luke in? Him. Why? Why did because, you bring Luke in? Because you said somebody who's got the ball in their hands. You said you can't have somebody like Harden who has that have to have the ball in their hands and have the offense run through them. That's Luca. Notice I didn't put Luca in the uh, team that. I know win. because it doesn't help your argument. No, no, because be- you would have to then admit that Luca can't win a championship. He can't. All right, folks, look what we did there. But now I want you to give him, this, give him some stuff. If he doesn't like Trey, he doesn't like Luca. And can, LeBron can doesn't you, make Trey better. Luca is infinitely more skilled than Trey. That's sure. And he's bigger. He's fucking but he still can't win. But he still can't win. You just said he's not going to win a championship. Why? I don't believe you could win with ISO ball in general as oh. like a framework. 
I'll tell you why. He still needs one more piece. He still needs one more piece. Can't do it himself. Same way Trey Chris Paul and he couldn't win. Yeah, and Oklahoma yeah. City had Oklahoma City. It was a young, it was a young Oklahoma City team. You know, they didn't learn to play together. All right, guys. One season. So, so he, one season. Let me digest it down. Distill this. Yes, down. digest, distill it. Give us if, the antidote. Why I came up with this, not because I want to hate on Trey, is if yes. I'm holding Trey like Clark, I yep. am, would be incredibly worried because I think that he's closer to the end of his run with the Hawks. Some people think he has a lot of potential. Cage says the opposite. That's all I want to no. do. I no, would. Be, I'm not a buyer on Trey, and if I'm holding Trey, I'm selling. That's all I'm saying. So if you hold the tray, you're selling because you think he's the number five or sixth best young player in the league. I don't think there's any upside to him. I don't see how he's ever going to make a run out of the East. Okay. Would he make a run out of the West? Dude, I don't think he could ever could. Given all the things I tried to explain, but you've tried to destroy. No, no, no. You've explained them well. Undersized. He can't defend. He plays Uh, small. And he can't play off the ball. And he's a poor decision maker. Those are my five things. That's another one. Poor, so, 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 does he have a lot of turnovers? Is he like a turnover yes. machine? Yeah, well, well, I'll give you an example of something that doesn't go in the stat sheet as a turnover, but is a turnover. Yes. Three oh. minutes left of the game, he dribbles he up the stats. court. Just stay with me. He dri- I'm with you. Three minutes left of the game, close game, he dribbles up the court, and without any passing, he chucks up a 30-foot three-pointer. Now, that goes as a missed shot, but that doesn't go as a turnover, but that's as good as a turnover. You have no bodies under the rim to offensive rebound. It's an easy rebound for them. You have no ball movement to get an easy one because you could always get that shot later in the shot clock. It's as good as a turnover, but it goes as a, a missed shot. Hmm. Or sometimes it goes on ESPN and it's like, oh my God, look, he made it. That's a bad shot. That's a shot that causes you to lose games. That's a shot that causes you to lose to the Pistons and it hurts you later on down the season. I'm done with this. I'm going to get into my play. My play Before is- you do, um, Jason Tatum, right? Um, one thing I heard about him, because you put him in the, like, the top four, which is recency bias, right? Uh, you put him ahead of Trey. Um, we always had that top four of like, you know, Luca, Ja, Zion, uh, Trey. You know, obviously Ja has jumped Trey's in there. Trey's closer to Zion, in my opinion. But Zion has right. been more. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. So, so, so Tatum is a fancy flavor of the month, right? But I heard Kendrick Perkins talking about him this morning, even after the multiple 50-point games. I listen to him all the time. He watches the games, too. Um, and the argument that he made was um, that if you look at Tatum with as many years in the league, at as good as he is and dropping 50 points, you would expect his field goal percentage and three-point percentage to be a little higher. And that he has the volume shoot, and that his 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 field goal percentage is about forty three percent, and a three point percentage is about thirty three percent, and that those are not horrible, but for somebody who's going to be a superstar and somebody you're expecting to be like top top tippy top of the league, you would expect him to be you know shooting a little bit better than that, and that what he said was, and this is something I've heard you talk about, there are guys who kind of work on their game, and there are guys who on the other side they they use their athleticism, right? So if we're talking about Tatum, you know, long term. A lot of what he's doing now, he, he makes some big buckets. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of it is on athleticism. A lot of it is on the bounce. A lot of it is on the hops. And what Perkins was saying was you would expect that somebody five years in would have – you'd see an improved field goal percentage year over year. And you're not seeing that. So what do you think about that? Well, I think field goal percentage is a terrible statistic, especially Fine. for a, a, your number one shooter. I'll explain why. Just, because yeah. – as the number one guy, you're expected to bail your team out of difficult shot clock situations, which causes you to take right, and right. miss bad shots. And that's going right. to lower your field goal percentage. Which don't count as turnovers on the on the stat sheet. But sometimes you got to chuck up a bad shot like Trey does. No, sometimes you didn't run the offense well because Tatum isn't doesn't run the offense, first off. Mm-hmm. And sometimes just the team doesn't run a good offensive set. And at the end of the set, you give it to the guy with five to eight seconds left, and he got to take a shot. Yeah, sometimes it's a bad shot. Anyway, is such a dumb stat. I mean, I agree with you, man. I mean, the point of playing basketball is to take a shot and get it in. So a stat that determines no, and tells you that's how not often the point it is. of basketball, bro. The point is to win games. It's to miss. It's to, it's miss. to win games. It's to, it's to miss when you. So how it's do you win, win games? games. You, you get the ball in the basket more than the other team does. And and you didn't usually, say more than the other team. Usually, though, it's the win usually games. What, yeah, 
Yeah, but you win by putting the ball in the basket. And if you have a higher field goal percentage, that means the ball's going in the basket for you more often than the, it's not. The Grizz, the Grizz so have one of the you worst. You tell me how that's a dumb stat. The, the Grizz have a pretty low shooting percentage, not near the top of the league, but they offensive rebound incredibly well, so they get more buckets than everyone else, and they also force more turnovers. The other team so, shot better, but they won the game. They're, well, the field goal percentage doesn't always mean it, but I think the Grizzlies, if they shot the ball in more often, would probably be a one seed now. Instead of having yes, to if they improve the their field goal percentage, they would be. If Jowell's so a guess, better three-point shooter, I guess it's not. I guess it's not that dumb of a stat then. You know, better field goal percentage usually a good thing for the team. It, so, it's not. It's not a good or bad stat. It's just a number. So you would rather, if I just said to you right now, you're going to put a team together, you would take a team that has a lower field goal percentage than a higher one. No, I would actually watch the players play. And no, 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 no. I'm just—it's just a stat. It's, it's no, I wouldn't it's, look at if stats I gave you. Like, if I gave it teams, I said, "All right, field goal percentage." Well, no field goal percentage. No, see, this is why I do well because stats do matter. Like it, it can't always—it can't always be on gut or feel or chemistry. That's part of it, right? Dude, you, you guys some, paid for the show. You clicked on my you fucking have, face. Turn me off. You have to have my shit. Listen to someone. No, I love your stuff. I love it. And they but, love it too. But you I are spouting some fun stuff. I'm a Not feel a and I watch. I oh, feel and feel. I watch. Yes. Dude, there's something to that. You know what I mean? You have to have some gut. I've never been a believer in like total saber metrics. You have to have a little bit of both. But you can't also, you know, you can't dig your heels in and be like, well, field goal percentage is a dumb stat. I mean, it tells you how often the ball goes in when you shoot. I mean, we, we're having a fun you. little back and forth. Right. But, I mean, you want the ball to go in when you shoot. So, so guys, go search Chris Paul on the J.J. Reddick show. There's going to be a clip. Oh, Katie's wait. J.J. Reddick again. <laughs> I knew you were going to jump down my throat. Let me go. <laughs> no, go, go Chris Paul said one of his biggest pet peeves is the people who don't shoot at the end of uh, quarters. He, he asked J.J., what do people do at the end of the quarter? He said, dribble, dribble, jump, wait for the shot clock, shot, uh, the clock to expire, and shoot. He asked why. He said, because people don't want their shooting percentage to go down. Why? Wow. Because bonuses are based on shooting percentage. People care about their numbers. Well, that's kind of silly. Yeah. Meanwhile, Devontae Graham chucks the ball up every time he can. And it, it and, pays off and for him. the game winner. Did you see yeah. Brandon Ingram's half court? Oh, that was, the, by the way, that was one of the most ridiculous shots I've ever seen. Like, I know Graham's was the longest in 25 years, but that shot from Ingram, he wasn't even looking. It was like, ding, like this. And it went, and that was crazy. That was crazy. Give me a play, and then I'll give you mine. Oftentimes, we struggle <laughs> in sport when there isn't a comp. Not a comp like any sales of this player. A comp of like, dude, Magic Johnson, no one's ever played like you. You know, for a while, it takes the whole league by storm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we've never seen this before. Now, this isn't the same type of magnitude, but I do want to bring your attention to this. If you look at the backcourt that the Pistons are building in Sadiq Bay and Cade Cunningham, it's been a while since we had a point guard and a shooting guard that are 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, they look 6'8", oftentimes, that are that long and that big, huge hands, huge arm span, uh, wingspan. I haven't seen that in a while. And I think it's 50-50. I was not a believer on Cade Cunningham when he came into the league. I'm still torn. But I'll tell you what that Pistons team is building with Dwayne Casey, Sadiq, and Cade Cunningham are, are going to be a, a tough backcourt in two to three years. This is a longer-term play, so please understand that. Marvin Bagley, you, who, who would have thought we would bring that name up? He's putting up some numbers in Detroit. He is. Grand. He is. He's going to go somewhere. He's still there. So you have this interesting team that's found a little something with Bay and Cade Cunningham. And my play today is – not necessarily go in and buy Cade, but if you look at his recent numbers, he's improved his shooting. He's more efficient. He's getting a better understanding of the game. Sadiq is – I like Sadiq a lot. And I think they're going to be a good backcourt in two to three years. I like Dwayne Casey as a coach, actually. Coach of the year then got fired. Remember by the Raptors how hilarious was – not really hilarious, but, like, who does that? I think monitor, watch, and find your spots. I think Cade could do some things, man. He's – um. He's a good player. He's a good young player, and I think this Pistons team might might have found something there. He looks a little sleepy, but I do love Sadiq Bey. Uh, big fans of our show remember I gave him as a play uh, when Prism came out last year, the draft Prism, before even Prism came out. That was like a star stock play, 
you know, go ahead and get on Sadiq Bay. The dude's putting up numbers. Wasn't even in the starting lineup, but was in because of injuries. Uh, if you remember, Killian Hayes was more of a, more of a um, hyped up rookie, same rookie class, and he got injured. He got hurt his leg, um, and we went with Sadiq Bay. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, that's I like their I like their style of play. Cunningham looks a little sleepy out there, you know, just from an energy standpoint. Like he's playing great. He just looks kind of like, eh, you know, it's like it's like it's easy. And people people don't like that. People want to see like John Moran angry, dunking the ball, and you know, doing that thing. But the team is definitely. It, you want to talk about a team with some upside? That's definitely a team with some upside, a hundred percent. So I, I, um, I agree with you. Like the sleep, like the it's it's a different vibe, right? It's not like yeah. a perceived killer. He's just like very yeah, cool, doesn't, cool. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, but my play actually is one of those guys too, a silent assassin today, right? My play today is a good one, and it, it's it's number wise. Maybe you could pull up the card ladder stuff and help me out with this one because you are good at this stuff. I know, and you can we can talk about this. And really, the play is um, multiple levels. It's can base cards be um, investable again? I think if you go far back enough, base cards can be. Uh, you got to look at the pop on this. I think the pop is probably done because we saw some amazing expansion. And this card right now, you can get it for basically 15%, 12% of what it was in its last year's first quarter peak. Um, but let me tell you a story, okay? And then we'll we'll get to it, right? I'm going to tell you a story about a guy who has three finals MVPs award, MVP awards, five NBA championships, um, won championships in three different decades, rookie of the year, two MVPs, uh, average 19 points, almost 11 rebounds, uh, three assists, 2.2 blocks in almost 100. No better. His better teammate. Close, though. Tim Duncan? I'm talking about Tim Duncan, right? But here's, here's the fun. In addition to all those You won in three decades? Yeah. Oh, 90s, 2000s, and 2000s. That's crazy. I Pretty cool, right? But here's, here's a better story for you. You know, I talk about character, and everybody kind of gives me shit about that. But I, I think we're both character people also. Sometimes I'm amazed by the generosity and, you know, the, the shots you take. You're a boxer. so I, You really I, I pissed me off more. today. I was not happy. Relax. But so anyway, we, but, but dude, listen, people, people never like being told, oh, you know, Trey, yeah, I know he averages 20-something points. He sucks. I know he's got 10 assists a game. He's just terrible. He's short. He's a little guy. So anyway, the Duncan story. Do you remember a guy named Aton Thomas? Right? You know him? Not first. He played, played, I think, I don't forget what school he was. He might have gone to Syracuse. But he played for the, he played for Washington. He was in the league 10, 12 years. Big guy. Um, he tells a story. I think it was on Facebook maybe five, seven years ago. And he posted this. You know, it was probably, you know, towards the end of Tim Duncan's, you know, career here. Um, and he told a story about Tim Duncan. And he said he was playing against Duncan. He was in the post on Duncan. And he kind of did one of these moves, you know, a move that he was working on where he kind of like did a little dip and then, you know, went to go shoot. You know, it was one of his like dream shape type things, right? But clearly not a dream shape, more of a nightmare because Tim Duncan just blocked it in his face. And he says, we're going down the court. We're running down the court. And Tim Duncan says to me, he says, hey, if you're going to try that, you got to get into my body more so that you either draw the foul or I can't block it. And Thomas is like, is this guy like trolling me? Like, is this some high level like crap talking? You know, he says later in the game, I tried it again. I got more in his body and he didn't block it by missed the shot. But as he's getting a rebound, he says to me, he says, that was better. He is coaching his opponent during the game. Like, come on. I would love to see him coach the Spurs, man. I think he'd be an amazing coach for that program. So I think this is a guy who he will have some relevance in the game going forward. I think he could end up being a coach and a really good coach. The card that I'm looking at, just because it's already a long episode, if you guys have stayed with us this whole time, we appreciate it. Um, it was a fun one. We had a lot to talk about today. And um, I love getting Andrew riled up about basketball. Guys, he knows more about basketball than, than – he's forgotten more about basketball than I'll ever remember, um, than I'll ever know. So, you know, obviously take his word on stuff, but I like to give him a hard time. So, anyway, and I think I won the argument anyway, just because, you know, that's me. Dude, if but you ask his, for YouTube comments, they side yes, with you all the time. Every single time. They do every time. But that's because, you know, people love trade. But you already pulled it up. The 1997 Topps Chrome Rookie. Look at that. How did I know that this was going to be your play? Because we're talking about a card that's 15% of the value, right? I said base card. It's old enough. So, by the way, these are sitting on eBay. They're selling in the 400s. There are cards on eBay. I know Card Ladder has the value at 555. There's ones on eBay right now, 525 or best offer, right? And so this is a card that added to last year. I looked it up. I looked all the stuff. It, it, there were sales over $4,000 on it. Um... 
you know, the refractor is expensive. There's only 106 of them. Don't do what you're doing. Don't go in there. You have to buy the card that everyone's going to want, not the card that you want. So stop going card ladder and trying to find the card you think is cool looking. That's not the one that's going to make the money. So anyway, I love Tim Duncan. I love telling stories about him. He's not the flashiest guy in the world. Uh, I put up some great numbers. And the rookie card is now, if you were looking at this, $1,000, $2,000, $3,000, $4,000. It's now 400 and change. They're selling on eBay for under $500. I would not put a Topps Chrome 1997 Tim Duncan into base. I don't think that's a base card. I I just think that's his rookie card. Uh, this whole base thing only – there's like a base. Base. It is a base. Prism base is, is how I kind of thought of it as. Ginobili? Yeah. All right. Luca Nation. We'll talk about Ginobili a different time because I do love Ginobili. He deserves his own segment. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, Do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.